Oh, best albums of the year. Well, you know, my son, Seth, he, uh, he had an iP- one of those iPods, right, and we were, we were driving and, and, uh, to Christmas. We were driving to my parents' house, you know, because we spend Christmas Day there. And, uh, I said, uh, you got any eagles on that iPod? You got any, uh, Hell Freezes Over? Anything like that? And, uh, of course my son didn't have it. That's just the way it goes. But, uh, you know, if the Eagles are making something, that, that'd probably be my choice for the best albums of the year. Uh, anyway, this is my, uh, my son's show. Hear me now, brother. This is episode six. So, so enjoy whatever it is they do. I, I don't listen to it. I gotta keep my, myself kind of clear of that. I don't want to get any, any misconceptions about my boys. Seth. I'm recording this in early 2006. I wanted to put up 006 for all of you very early, but I didn't. I had a very long Christmas. So here it is. This is our best music of the year. Uh, best albums of the year, rather. And I'm just going to go into it here. Before I do that, uh, I want to wish all of my friends and family who I saw over the break and who I didn't see and who I may never see again a happy holiday. I'm very much thinking about all of you and hoping the best for all of you. And that's from Seth. That's from the bottom of his little heart. And I, I you know, whoever's out there, you know who you are, all of you, you know, you're, you're all friends to me. In this new year. So, um, that aside, I'm gonna briefly go into a Hear Me Now, brother, for uh, for me. So, Nate, if you're listening right now, uh, we can talk about this on the next podcast briefly because don't want to go too long. <laughs> and um, uh, just something that happened before I went home. Uh, it happened in Beverly Hills, and it was a murder. It was a horrible horrible murder. Um, this this man uh, came up to two painters, journeyman painters, in Beverly Hills, as I mentioned, and they were they were just painting a Wells Fargo, uh, very close to my house, incidentally, and they uh, were just doing their thing. It was six in the morning. Black Cadillac comes right up. Guy comes out. He's got a kitchen knife. Sees another person in his midst, walks right up to him and goes, Hey, I think I'll just stick this in you now. And he starts sticking it into him repeatedly. uh, Stabbing this man. And the man, this German immigrant who came to this great country to find work and live out the American dream and finally, well, ended up in Burbank. 
He was being stabbed. Meanwhile, his buddy, up on the ladder, up near the scaffolding, doing their job, painting their Wells Fargo, comes down and says, Yo, 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 what are you doing? You're totally hurting my guy. You know, my friend, my buddy, and, you know, any, anybody would do this. You know? Comes down. He gets stabbed in the chest by this killer in Beverly Hills. Now, I'm not making light of this, all right? The guy died. The guy was stabbed in the chest and he died. He died a hero trying to help his buddy out because his buddy did make it. He was actually treated and released after being stabbed multiple times. So, I don't know what happened there, but he's fine. So that's, I guess, the silver lining of this bittersweet story. He was a hero. But it started to make me think about murder in general and Los Angeles and how basically you can't even be safe in Beverly Hills. The city will find a way to come up and bite you. And that's just part of just living here. I mean, I think I consider my neighborhood to be a very good neighborhood. I live in the Miracle Mile area. I walk to my car a couple of blocks, usually at night, very, very late at night, usually, um, not to give you any ideas. And I hardly think about maybe some errant guy coming up in a Cadillac with a knife and just stabbing me because I'm there. And that got me thinking about murder. The most unironic thing you could do to a person. There's nothing really remotely funny that you can draw from murder. And that's what makes me think maybe murder is just going to just disappear after a while with each successive generation. Because it's just something so so across the line that it's, it's dumb. It's stupid. It's funny. It's like I had this conversation with my friend the other day and... We were talking about the murder that happened in Beverly Hills that I just mentioned. And and I said, you know what, will there ever be a day where I'm walking down the street and I'm, in, I'm near my house and I see some guy, you know, just trailing me here. And he comes up to me and he actually produces a gun or a knife or some other implement of, of death, of killing. And, and, and I'm just like, are you serious? Like, what if I just could do that in this world? Like, are you seriously trying to mug me? In a way, it would be almost like some sort of inverted romantic overture that you do with a girl where the girl has just has nothing of it, you know, and you'd be like, what you you tried to kill? Like, were you trying to, you know, kill me? Were you trying to maybe, you know, uh, I don't understand what I, I just I guess I don't feel for you in that way. You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, instead of, you know, making a pass at the girl and trying to kiss her, the guy is actually instead pulling a gun out and saying, I am evil or insane, it's mix and match, and I'm going to just use this thing to take you to another world and see what happens when your body falls. You know, uh, it's just say that as a, as a kind of um, a replacement for, I just want to see if you kiss me back, <laughs> you know? And, and then what would, I, what would I say? Would I yell out like you're supposed to do if you're in a, an area where there's like a residential neighborhood? Um, barring the idea that maybe a Kitty Genovese thing would happen and people would hear you and not do anything. You know, you assume people will do it, and will hear you. And what would you say? Would you say in the future, this is just some future scenario, would you say, Dude, somebody's totally trying to kill me. Can you believe this fucker? He's trying to shoot me here. You know, what are you fucking doing here, man? What are you... Are you serious? I'm of two minds about it. It'd be pretty awesome if you could actually say that to a guy. And he, and the guy would maybe even go like, God, yeah, this is pretty ridiculous. I guess I took it a little too seriously here. Um, I just need some money to get, you know, 
a bus fare or some or some booze to be honest with you i need some money can you give it to me and i would be like sure man but you don't have to like put a gun in my face and accidentally maybe shoot it you know it's like yeah you're right you're right you know you're right i i'm sorry that i did that i i it was i don't even know why i have a gun you know i can't you, can you just help me out man and it would be like sure man here's here's 50 bucks you need that that's a future scenario that sounds fun, but at the same time, I almost want to live in a barbarian age still. I want to live in an age where I have to be clever, like the wolf, like Boyd's, Boyd's Rice kind of wolf's angle life, where I'm just like checking my eyes out, and I've got a knife ready, or a gun in the future, because it could be like, you know, some sort of future where it's Omega Man, and I've got to be like, you, you, you want to start some shit up? You, don't, you want to fuck with me? You don't want to fuck with me because, you know... I'll pull out some Bruce Lee stuff, and you will be hurt. You will not want to ever mug a person again after you come up to me. You know, I just want to be like that. I'll never be like that. I'm obviously, you know, brittle. I'm like paper. I fold. But, um, you know, that's just some things I've been thinking about in our in our culture, in our in our uh, increasingly ironic and, and meta culture where everybody's self-aware and, and almost the, the most nakedly uh, unironic acts could maybe possibly become stupid and something to poke fun at so that's my thought nathan you can give me your opinion um and um you know i'm sorry it was so one-sided anyway we're going to get into the best music of the year these are the best albums of the year of 05 aught five and uh i hope you enjoy what we were able to put together here it is
okay, well, there's a lot of albums that were candidates this year. And I'm not going to go over all the candidates, but I can tell you, predict you with number, with total accuracy. It's not on my list, and maybe it should be, but Sufjan Stevens, Illinois, is going to be the number one. Illinois? R- Illinois. Oh, right. Illinois. Why are we saying Illinois? Because it's written that way. Is it written that way? Is that the way he wants you to say it? I don't think so. It's going to be the number one record on a lot of critics' lists this year. And I think it's, it's with good reason. We're going to talk about it. I think it's it. a culmination of his work. I think it gets better. But, hey, it's not really a culmination of work for me. So I didn't put it on the list. I just didn't ha- I didn't. I didn't feel it okay, with that. I made it and we'll talk about it when maybe because I definitely think it's going to be on your list. So I'm just going <laughs> to say, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Okay, go um, ahead. So my top five albums of the year. I number five. I had a hard time choosing this one. Anyway, it's Block Party, Silent Alarm, number five. Silent I, Alarm. Uh, we we actually had a, con- a throwaway conversation there where you were like. You were like, hmm, uh, you're not going to put Block Party on there or something. You know, it's like, I, I'm no, gonna... I was saying if we have a top 10, you're going to have Block Party on <laughs> anything past five. Like, like, it was because, der- like... like it was derisive, Nate. It was like, yeah, well, you're going okay, to throw start Block Party about... on there just well, to fill out your list. It's like, what I, but I really... But no, I mean, so, I mean, like, I've we we both like Block Party separately, and then we came together and liked it. I mean, like, I mean, the, it's, a, it's a good band. It's worth talking about. So let's, I mean, oh, like, talk well, a little bit about I, Silent Alarm is the album. I, I mean... As I was saying about the with the Rosebuds conversation, I was listening to a lot of music last weekend, and I listened to Block Parties. I revisited Silent Alarm mm-hmm. all the way through, and I compared it to all the albums I've been listening to all in the last few weeks to just get my list ready here. And Block and Silent Alarm really stands out as I have it in my notes. A really kind my, of my whole notes that I collected. Their music isn't exactly accessible, but it, it really is. I mean, the music, the songs are there, uh, the hooks are there, but it's it's dynamics are so weird and shifty and and but crazy no they're and, bold you know yeah. what I mean they, they, when when they sing they do they have they have lyrics they have like choruses that are just they're so positive but the, they're so positive and if another band did them I just wouldn't buy them mm-hmm. but somehow when they declare these just like like positive tension has yeah. a, that's a perfect example it's positive yeah. tension I mean like that song they they kind of go they go beyond Thunderdome you know they they they, they drive it into other gear but I, the music backs what they're singing yeah they're not they're, they they never come off as goofy but but they do come off as a party band too i mean they're there oh, to and excite. i think their name is bad i do think that they've got a bad band name to be honest is this more it's more of a political that's what they're talking about well right? I, I just i don't care if it's got this kind of be yeah the way it's spelled block is spelled i just think block party is it doesn't i don't get good images from them anyway let's just you you hear like eating glass and immediately you hear confidence and you and I mean you do hear more confidence than I've heard in, in many bands, even over Interpol Annex. You know, like we're talking about, like that's the the shit album that we're kind of kind of bringing up here. And I just was like, this is where they're taking the baton from uh, what Arcade Fire is doing with with opening up the form of a rock song, or what an, a rock song can be. And and it sounds a little bit like Gang of Four. It sounds a little bit like kind of the punk stuff, and a little bit of the post punk, a little bit of the. It's just a little bit of a hodgepodge here, little hodgepodge there, a little digital manipulation with some of the sounds, um, choruses that don't keep repeating themselves. Their songs don't mm-hmm. repeat themselves. They don't. You it's can't surprising. Uh, yeah, you can't really predict where the, the song's going to go. The element is becoming more and more important yeah. with some of the new music. Yeah. Because the stuff, they change. I mean, the, yes. the song is not it's not becoming just a song structure that it always is. Song, song, chorus, you know, verse, verse, chorus, all that kind of basic yes. stuff. And it's and they're changing. really fucking tight. They're really fucking tight. I, I, I just think that they're a fun band. So I put that as my kind of almost a guilty pleasure. It is a guilty pleasure. <laughs> no, and I don't I, know why. It's I don't not think as bad as dumb. Interpol. I don't. I think they're worth talking about, seriously. But so there you have it. Number four is um, 
Bonnie Prince Billy and Matt Sweeney, mm. Super Wolf. That made your list. That made the list of the albums. And it's another song, another album about marriage or not getting married and, and another album full of his kind of... Um, I really, I mean, it, it, when I when I listen to this record, I don't really feel a col- the collaboration with, with Sweeney. I know, I know, I know he, he adds a lot of the drive, Dude. more driving car, yeah. the more driving guitar stuff. Yeah. But, but it's, it's Bonnie Prince Billy. <laughs> this is a Bonnie Prince Billy. I mean, with someone like Will Oldham and, and the kind of song structures that he writes, I mean, he always takes, you know, he, he takes the center stage, man. I mean, yeah, I, don't his, know, I don't his, know how much I felt of Sweeney, but his, excellent collaborators. No, I think Sweeney and Sweeney, I'm not familiar with, he was in like Chavez and, um, he was in Zwan. He was in Zwan with Cuball himself. With uh, you know, Billy, Billy Corgan. No, he now. who shall not be named. It, <laughs> okay. You know, World is a Vampire. Anyway. He should change he, his name to Cuball. Yeah. But uh, I think Sweeney steps up to the plate and actually sings a few songs here. What it's, and, what it's credited, though, I, I looked it up. I had some notes on that. What it's okay. credited is, is uh, lyrics written by Will Oldham and then Sweeney wrote the music. But this music, <laughs> I mean, you can't. The music is... It's Bonnie Prince Billy. It's pretty Oldham. minimal. We're going to... I hope we play one of them from, from there. But I, you know. And there's samples in one of the songs. There's a sample in um, one of the long songs towards the end. And I don't know where it's from. It sounds... It's, he sounds just kind of like this... He sounds like the Sam Peckinpah of singers just or something. The, the prophet of, the, the, of this kind of work. The Old West prophet or the, the, the Southern Gothic prophet. It's like he's, he records a lot of his records in Nashville. He's got the country music thing. To, to note on this record, his collaboration with Sweeney kind of locks him. I mean, somehow he, he's, he's more tighter on this record and they are, are their songs are very unified. There's and not and a, so lot a lot of, of it is about, is about um, a lot of it is about commitment. And I, I just think he's, he seems very obsessed with like commitment, the lyrical content especially is marriage, especially marriage and, and, and being trapped in that kind of commitment. And, mm-hmm. the, and, and also uh, he's very masculine. You, you, you get this, like, I'm a bad man. And I, you know, the Jack Nicholson, you make me want to be a good man or something. But that kind yeah, of, that, a lot of his, that's his the themes are that, like, you make about. me want to be a better man. That's like kind of like almost old him in a nutshell in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. His, uh, I don't mean, I don't mm-hmm. want to reduce him down to that, but that, there is that kind of thing about him so he, he what it means to be a man especially in in some of the stuff you you know when cat power did uh, a cover of of um wolf among what was it wolf among wolf she, among remember wolves. we saw her in february we saw her and and she did wolf among and it was like it was perfect it was great that a woman was singing that and you can you can't disassociate will oldham though the way he deals with his masculinity the way he deals with his mm-hmm. being a man and how he should treat the women he loves. I don't know. There's something really. Yeah, I agree with he's, you. He's dealing with old world masculinity in the new world, like in the new 20th century, 21st, you know, kind of like. I know. Am he's I a little the bit last of a, He is a little bit of a throwback. And but, I, but he so <laughs> personifies that. Yeah. And you see him too. Of all the records that I recommend, this one, this one is a real art piece. I mean, I, I think this is a great, beautiful record. And I think anybody's shown it. All the way through. Uh, yeah. Number three, we're going to lighten it up a little bit. Um, Woo! And it's Lady Tron, The Witching Hour. That's my number three pick. Lady Tron. I. I have not thought of them as a real band because they they seem very throwback to me. Mm-hmm. Remember, you know, stuff like Commodore Rock and and it's like it sounds like this like they're going for this ironic thing. This I I don't like a lot of music mm-hmm. that sounds to me uh, that it doesn't have authenticity. I I listen to a band like the Go Team or I listen and I and I think a lot of their music is really good, but like I am not personally finding a way into it 
where I feel like they're real, like they're doing a real band. And, and that's my problem with Beck sometimes. A lot of my problems with Beck. I yeah. just never, I felt like it's this pastiche of all these crazy, th- I guess that's the world. And you could go, but that's the world, man. That's like what, that's what <laughs> it's the world, how uh, Beck being, you know, young it. in this time is about. It's like all this pastiche and all this crap and all this like throwing in 80s, you know, TV shows and, and, and you know, just all this mm-hmm. shit that you put, you know, putting up a Star Wars, you know, like lightsaber on your wall and saying that's like you know i don't know i just i just feel like nothing is like you're not you're not putting up paintings that you're affected by spiritually up anymore you're putting up bullshit you're 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 listening you're, to uh, you got idols for yeah, uh, and, mundanity and, and, and Latron in some ways the whole electro clash thing was like we're gonna very much deliberately approximate this 80s synth pop thing with new synthesizers or even well in Latron's case they were all old synthesizers like old yeah. Curves or no. Korgs, right? And that it's was like, their we're going to make it sound just like New Order. And it's just like, it they, sounded yeah. cold, like like really cold. Like, that's what it's doing. And the girls singing this kind of... And I just... I it, And I got the same problem with, uh, problem with adult. She's, the music is sometimes really fun and really exciting, but she sings like... Eh. But turns anyway, out. the witching hour is marks a transition from their whole look has changed. Now they're getting less. They don't they don't wear military suits anymore. They've got this. They're they're all dressing differently, and the music is uh, definitely more influenced by uh, a shoegazer thing. And I just think it's a really lived in record. It sounds really real. It sounds mm-hmm. it's an, it's the kind of electronic music. Still that very I much can, dance though. I mean, it's, oh, it's dance. Music. It's you know, uh, I, I like where they're going, and they've always been really good in the dance floor though i mean oh yeah no their dance tracks when they're remixed are yeah yeah. they're always good so later trying witching hour i don't have a ton to say i just think that it was a surprise it was a surprising record for me and i can listen to the whole thing i think it's a good record so number three number two what is it about canada these bands i Mm. i it's broken social scene broken social broken social broken social scene yeah the record um it's it is such a celebratory thing it's it's such a strong rock it's 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 very rootsy rock. It's very we're, we're, ta- we're, we're picking very positive, strong, uh, strong integrity. I mean, it, this this is this is a musical, uh, like almost a mini orchestra here. We mm-hmm. have what a fourteen, maybe fifteen rotating musicians on on each album. This this holds together like a real band, mm-hmm. and and that mm-hmm. to me is astounding. Uh, those those kind of individuals. I don't know how maybe, many are in the band now. Like they got I, I gotta a complete be from all horn walks section, of life. Yeah. male and female, fourteen to fifteen players, mm-hmm. um, doing all kinds of musics. And it's uh, so musicians. tight, though. It's such a tight statement. The whole record is a tight statement. When she's singing, it doesn't feel like it's hard not to nominate. That when yeah. you're talking about the record and when you listen to just a couple tracks with them, it's hard not to think about that. I, but it's still, and the production is messy. It still sounds kind of tight, though. To me, it still sounds like the songs come through with a messy production, which I do think was deliberate. And the song I played in our last interlude before when we started the music section... Yeah, the section very first section of 2005. Was, that was Broken um, Social Scene, if anybody uh, really yeah. dug that. Yeah, it was called IBI Dreams. It's the second track off of the new record. IBI okay, Dreams I'm looking at my notes, too, so there's some rust. And, and I tell you, Nathan... This Canadian thing. Now, it, it comes from the Montreal scene, and the Arcade Fire came from there. And I, I feel like a demarcation happened around 2000 for me. And it did start with the, the, the Godspeed You Black Emperor record, um, Slow Riot for Zero Canada, the EP. Mm-hmm. And I first, and I was like, I was looking for something kind of different. I wanted, I, I've always loved 
guitar manipulation, use of guitars that sounds a little bit more orchestral in a way, where that wall of sound thing happens, and the Godspeed fit that bill. Yeah, it's hard to describe that kind of quality. Uh, it, it is yeah. sent through a channel and comes out as a deep kind of reverb. You can just do flange. so much interesting, very, very rich stuff with it. Anyway, when I heard Godspeed the first time, it was like this really different in, different in a band. They were very, they had a very strong political statement going on, but they, but they're also a collective, definitely kind of a neo-hippie thing, almost like a goth hippie thing, no, yeah. but not goth. Well, I got some that's, other bands that's that are but, just right in that league, you know? And, and it was like, this is a new kind of band. Put aside the music, put aside the music, which is totally uh, different for, it's like chamber rock, no, no, like 20 minute songs, 30 minute songs, right? Forget, forget about that. The band was a different kind of band. It was... A big it was a collective it was like they you could imagine they lived in a warehouse that they bought this warehouse they all live there they all screw each other they, like these weird you know what i'm saying and, and the same thing is going on with the broken social scene the same the same thing it's not really happening with arcade fire but they do they have a big band i mean the sound it, it does sound a little like untidy and it, but but the product because the production value is still kind of that indie really cool mm-hmm. stuff but but there but the thing is there's no production boundaries mm-hmm. there's no there's no cap to them they're all over the place and, and this is a very experimental record this and a, one we're talking and a lot of it is very is some seems somewhat spiritual a little bit more and and more celebratory of life a little more hopeful that in godspeed you you can say they're really fucking dark but a lot of the time they are putting out this their music void is of saying that void of any kind of uh accent on that i mean they're they're positive for positive sake i mean it's almost like this neo hippie thing you're talking about i mean like uh they're very positive messages when you see them i mean these have got to be a band this has got to be a band where you just want to go up on stage and just be like let's share life is great right ceremony you know like no music the power of music to to really transcend all of your real problems with the world and i think bands coming out of this canadian thing are really the ones to watch that album is so worth buying it was all the way through it's just so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, okay, we're going to go to my number one. I can't unfortunately play a track from this, um, but it, it, it has everything I like in rock music. It's it's a uh, M83 or M83, but I, I believe it's M83. Before the Dawn Heals Us is for me the number one record. Number of one the year. record of the year. Uh, it this is, will be someone you're listening. You're listening now, and you'll probably listen to. I. No, they there were really. there were two. Um, they had an album where there was two piece uh, two years ago, I think, and I and I liked a lot of the music from it, but I didn't. It, it wasn't totally like everything I wanted. And then this one came out, and I heard um, "Don't Don't Save Us from the Flames." It was like this really driving. It had a theremin on it, and it was like theremin fast music, beat, cool. And the guitars were were exactly like what I enjoy, and kind of cryptic lyrics this kind of french guy singing over it but but definitely a pomposity about it there's definitely uh they're getting a lot of attention they're getting a lot of attention i i I think people that i've played this record for have really liked it i they 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 range from kind of grandiose kind of like you know like let's look up at the stars and ah kind of stuff which rock opera and then it's definitely rock opera very 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 dramatic which i like and then uh fast kind of kick-ass little hard songs that you can kind of play and just be like, oh, this is really fun stuff. And then these kind of interludes, like um, a song called Asterisk, which I think is one of the best rock songs I've heard in a long, mm-hmm. like best just no, yeah, I like electronic rock, too, rock I mean, song. Really go at it. Where it's just, it's just these guitars kind of just, just whining, you know what I'm saying? And then this great kind of electronic quality. It's got everything I like, basically. Yeah, it's got it samples, electronic, kind of a, a drum machine quality to the to the drums. Really strong melodies, I think. 
guitars that are on there just really used for an affecting I, that's the like the big word i'm saying but an affecting quality just you it's it's used as a spiritual kind of a spiritual vehicle i, I think guitars uh, i hate to use the words it's like i mean but well, i i, but I think maybe just string a, instruments okay. you know like the harp these these are things that are directly connected that kind of flow with the strings i mean violin is has this has an interesting quality that you just spoke strings about. and and what we were saying strings with those has canadian that lofting bands. kind of yeah. you know um, what we were saying with those canadian bands bring you to the really, heavens they're really excited by strings and and uh conventional orchestral stuff like um the arcade fireside project bell orchestra i was listening to it's by the red-headed guy that kind of looks like mm-hmm. uh you know who i'm talking about I'm familiar. he's that's his band and it's 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 got definitely got a godspeed thing it's definitely within the genre or whatever that scene is and it seems like there's more accepting all these bands seem to be more accepting of basically they're hearing loveless and they're going like what can we can we do to change loveless what loveless, loveless did by with my bloody yeah. valentine yeah yeah what can we do to kind of update that and because you know god knows kevin shields ain't gonna get up and and make another update or, or yeah, come on man what's going on he's doing here? tons of remixes which is crazy but yeah it's yeah. easy work it's easy money so so before the dawn heals us pound for pound 14 tracks of seth anderson love and <laughs> oh and, god man Cause I know it could not be better To live without what she provides When we're alone and I'm dressing Does she test me? Does she know? That I would never turn and go But fight another If that's what she'd have me do I'm just going to sit here. 
Five albums. Top five albums. We should have some kind of sound, some kind of crackle, maybe a firework. Can we have little little beeps like a, like say uh, if I want a horn there, I just go like this and squeeze my hand. Can we have little little beeps like? Mm-hmm. Anyway, top five albums for me. Okay, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. It, it was a little slim for me. I had a good year, 2004. This year, I've been listening to music from uh, all kinds of different. Uh, time frames. I mean, the 70s came back for me as strong, and kind of the whole Beatles catalog came back to me again. I mean, these these are interesting things to the talk secondary about. Beatles thing. Do you remember my Beatles phase? It was like 2001. I yeah. bought like that one. one it was one, right one. around at Christmas, right around when, when one came when out. The CD one. I yeah. got the big anthology book, and and that's a great book. All of their albums deserve definitive re-releases. Anyway. But anyway, uh, coming back to uh, Mark Koslick is someone that uh, I really care about. He's he did Red House Painters. He was on the 480 label mm-hmm. and it moved through uh, where he did about three or maybe he did he did three solo albums on just Mark Koslick. And then he has another new band now. Last year they made uh, Ghost of the Highway and a band called Sun Kill Moon. Uh, and I wanted to mention them because this this is I mean it's interesting. Sun Kill Moon, the Ghosts of the Great Highway, was a record that that was in 2004. That was a record that had all original tunes on it, um, and and was very much very much familiar territory with Mark Hoslick. He did the with Red House Painters tracks, so yeah. kind of the later Red House Painters. More they're getting more country. Uh, yeah. After he left 4AD, he did songs of the blue guitar, and and that had kind of all these weird covers and and tribute songs that yeah. Mark Hoslick is is always been very partial to. And what he does is he takes uh, a catalog of a band, and this is the this is the album Tiny Cities, the the second Sun Kill Moon record, where he takes um. He takes the opportunity to, to do an homage or a tribute to uh, Modest Mouse. The yeah, band. I wouldn't have thought of him as a which, fan. Which sounds kind of kinda Mouse. like I mean, when I when I first heard it, I was like, man, it's kind of it's either kind of stupid or it's it's you know, um, how can you find kind of an extraction from that material? But he had done something interesting. He'd done uh, in What's Next to the Moon, a Mark Koslick record. He he uh, extracted all these beautiful kind of folk alt country songs from from ACDC. He was he, the oh, whole but, the yeah. whole thing oh. was ACDC covers, yeah. and, and 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 the way he kind of extracted the lyrics and put them into his own world. He really and, does rewrite a song. Yeah, I mean, he makes it original. The whole song it's just like Cat Power, where she writes the whole song, and then you you, you oh man, I, I recognize those lyrics. That's there's like something. Yeah. There, there, only uh, there's not that many artists that can do that successfully without it coming off as just a cover. These these aren't just covers of Modest Mouse songs. These are reinterpretations. These are entire reworking of melody. I mean, I don't even know how he gets to do this, but. Uh, 
I mean, this is a true tribute to their music. And I mean, it out, outlines certain words and, and certain phrases, especially with ACDC, where it's like, wow, I don't think Bon Scott meant that when he when exactly, he said that. You know? Exactly. They're, they're kind or of maybe he did. And, and with ACDC, like, there yeah. was all those kind of sly kind of, uh, you know, dog remarks. All the sex guys. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, but but it came off real, real kind of beautiful, real kind of sly and, and kind of an interesting, yeah. interesting charisma. Uh, Tiny Cities is just a great uh that's a great title for this thing because it, it, it's it's like traveling through cities. I mean, th- th- these these songs are about traveling and about uh, l- you know, kind of hope and and losing childhood and coming back to it and and, and or just kind of the the kind of rocky false uh, mm-hmm. starts of childhood yeah. and how that beca- makes you the man you are. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. It, it's a very that's a very linear uh, message all throughout these tracks that he found. And these are these are these are when I heard them, these are modest mouse song. These are modest mouse covers of songs that i really uh, I, I responded to uh tiny cities is, is a track by them and and uh never ending math equation these are songs that if people heard them uh they're very different in tone i mean his his lyrical yeah. content you know the way isaac brock sings of modest mouse oh, yeah, very yeah. choppy very uh not you don't have to be very discernible but but then you think of mark Hoslick, he is he's very clear he's um he has a very interesting kind of uh how would, yeah, you, the, would you describe him more like a Neil Young? I mean, well, Kozlik um, has a way. I do think he's his 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 head has a way of getting into his like the way his skull is built. Like I I don't want to say nasal. You want to talk about yeah yeah his deep kind of register. He's got a particular. You know Kozlik when you hear him. Um, it's I think it's a strong voice. I think it's it, it's definitely a um, a voice full. That's perfect for his worldview. Like it, it sounds kind of mm-hmm. uh, feminine in a way. It doesn't sound like a mask. It, you know, he doesn't come off as yeah, like that the normal kind of singer songwriter. He has a very strong sensitivity and a strong yes, the sensitivity is a sensitivity. Yes. It's a beautiful record. So uh, moving on, shifting gears completely. What is this number three or, uh, or this four? This is number four. Okay, number four. Uh, this is uh, the Animal Collective. They have a new record out, two thousand five. Uh, Feels. Animal Collective. I, I mean, I love song tongs, and I love some of the some of the. Um, I've listened to almost all the material outside of Animal Collective. They have one previous. Did you record. get Panda Bear's solo record? Uh, I've done. I, you know, I've I've listened to most of the tracks. Didn't really hit me as much yeah. as the way song tongs. I mean, songs like Leaf House and these these things that are driving and and kind of uh, demands your attention. Yeah, they're not like immediately like you. You don't just go, hey, you heard Animal Collective, you're gonna love this song. I mean, it, it's it's definitely. But 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 you kind of get them on saying like, have you heard Animal Collective? They're crazy. Man. Yeah yeah yeah. I mean yeah. these guys these guys. I mean they have that kind of freak folk sound. That, that I mean there's a scene kind of building where these people where these guys just bring out all their drums into a recording studio and they're just fucking going crazy. But the, it's so infectious. It's so surprising. I mean it's it's unbelievable. I mean yes. their sound is so kind of um, unnerving. I mean it, it's otherworldly. There's there and and the song uh, Grass. Grass is the one. There's yeah. there's a moment where he they they he kind of does this kind of shriek, that is it shouldn't work in the song. Like the song is very it's the most conventional song on the record immediately. I think. Yeah. Like it's still definitely kind of it's like the one squirrely. It's definitely yeah. squirrely, like Animal Collective is. But he kind of goes he does this kind of bark like this. Arr, arr, 
But I think I and think like, I think people that are expecting some of the Sung Tongs material, kind of that kind of that oasis of of oblique kind of uh, 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 experimentation, will will find Grass more like a rock album. And that's exactly the first that's half. exactly what the I'm saying. The first half though. of this, the first half of this album is really, I mean, it really explores kind of that rock hard edge, um, uh-huh. uh, strong on percussion. I mean, really gets your gets you up and dancing kind of stuff. Uh, and then the second half is more of this kind of abstract, um, yeah. softer work. I don't know if you've heard the no, whole album I, there's, just there's, sitting through once. Yeah, it's there's nine tracks nuts. on the album, and I didn't put it on my thing because I, I like the first two, and I like the last two on this record. Mm-hmm. So but, for me, but those are from two worlds. Does I mean, be, those, those yeah, two, well, yeah, it's their best. Those two the, tracks, yeah. It's the Alpha and Omega of them. I think they're great. I think they are a very important band. I think they are a part of the whole thing that we've been talking about. Way music is, is kind of going. This yeah. is an emotional record. I always, I, someone was telling me like, what are you? I mean, what could you describe them as? And just grass. Before I lead into grass as just my little sample, uh, I was, I was saying when I listened to it because there's, the, there's really cool like bird samples. There's all kinds of weird shit going on in there. I said like, this is like if all the living things inside Noah's Ark uh, started singing. Well, actually, I should stop. Uh, took a drop of acid, <laughs> all <laughs> yeah. of them fucking yeah. went crazy, and then started singing. This is what you'd get. So yeah. uh, here's uh, grass. But it's not fruity. I don't think it's ever, you know, you say it's crazy, but it's not like fruity. It's not where I... Crazy, and I mean just like a death ride down a a canoe in the the wildest rapids, but uh, somehow the rapids are uh, multicolors and Sometimes the rapids, you want to hug them instead of avoid them. God knows. I hope I hope kids aren't like tripping out to this kind of stuff because this is this dangerous. <laughs> it's material. definitely kaleidoscope. I mean, like yeah. it's like, hey, man, like Jimmy's all right. Jimmy Hendrix, you could kind of kiss the moon with him for a couple hours and like come down. He's like, I- I'm a man. You know, I'm a human being on Earth. I'm okay. But if you pop, like, hey, man, how <laughs> it feels? My animal collective. You want to check this out? I mean, you, you trip and it's, you never. It's come bad down. trip city. Yeah. I, I mean, God knows. I mean, uh, they sound like they're just gone when they're making it. But you know, and I, I don't know. What's next? So uh number 3 it's the it's the big um it's the big guy it's the it's the one that's going to be on the list this year it's uh Sufan Stevens uh, Illinois is it is it Illinois or come on feel the Illinois come on feel the Illinois uh, most of the list has been just Illinois so that's okay. why we're going to address it i mean what can we really talk about Sufan Stevens here so, i mean like uh, I, you you don't you, you feel that this record is kind of uh way too way too experimental no, no, there's nothing, there's no such thing as that. I think, I, well... I mean, no, to, to where he's lost sight of some of his, I mean... To, no, no, I don't think it's a misstep. I don't think he's ever been. No, I don't think I, it's a misstep, and I don't think... I think it's think, a step in a in a new direction. It's, it's in many ways, a uh, a sort of definitive statement in on his style. And 
and I am not surprised one bit that he was able to find a huge audience due to this record. It's on the OC now. It's on everybody's uh, list. I, 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 everybody's I, I, I coming just, up to me and going, Sufjan Stevens. I, I, it's just such a strange fit because we forget. I mean, we forget what kind of what kind of brilliance was on. Uh, the Michigan. I mean, I don't forget ever. That's one of the best. That is the best album of '03 for me. He he does step out there. His 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 lyric writing is his kind of song. His song uh, titling is it, it it borderline borderline shit pretentious. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, he, he you don't know really where he's going, but you always uh, there's some sometimes. I mean, like at the end of the day, the end of the track, uh, there's something very human about Sufan. There's something that you like about the, his material. I mean, it might be just coming directly from him. Mm-hmm. I mean, but and, and going beyond just kind of viscerally what what his music does to you and how crazy experimental it's getting and and, and uh, I really like the new instruments he's using. I, I found this kind so of grating, dense. kind of annoying, but it is dense. Uh, it still has that lo-fi quality that I like. Yeah. It's not just opera. It's not just going into the stratosphere and losing us all. It's still got that lo-fi charm. But um, get beyond all the sound, the visceral impact of his kind of music. Um, I like who he's talking about when he's when he. When, I mean, his this is an interesting yeah, album he, about Illinois. He he talks about Frank Lloyd Wright. He talks about Abe Lincoln, all connecting mm-hmm. to the state. John Wayne Gacy. I mean, which mm-hmm. is one of the standout tracks that I really love. But those are interesting characters to to pick upon in Illinois and in the history and maybe this idea of making all 50 states is just it's almost like a history lesson like he's taking all the things that were kind of muses for him about that state and he's kind of putting them in a blender and that's why and, I think it's and, interesting and, and that kinda, people are responding yeah. to his work yeah and he did that he did that in Michigan but Michigan felt more personal because he'd lived in that state and that's it, what I'm thinking. it informed his childhood and and it was about you know him kind of coming to terms with his childhood and Illinois I think he's lived there maybe maybe for I don't know if he has he's driven through it God that's knows the thing about the states project it's like He's not lived in all these states, maybe not even been in them. How is he going to talk about them like he talked about Michigan? I don't know why, why as an artist, you would you would try to limit yourself to yeah, that. Yeah, Because it's, yeah. it's just going to bottom out. Because there's some cities, I mean, there's some states, nobody's seen everything. And, and if everybody, uh, if there's a person on this earth who's seen everything, they've they've just driven through some, you know? Yeah, they, they, yeah. Like Nebraska. Really you really I'm not can't write a yeah. song uh, based solely on other people's view of it. You do need to, you know, or a state. You, you can't just write a song about a state and not have experienced some kind of element. And that's why I think Michigan is rich, and some place he had a, he had a, you know a strong pull towards Illinois, mm-hmm. which we we find ourselves. I mean, oh yeah, I we lived there a for a time, and and I have a I have a good experience with uh, a good memory of Illinois. And he's branching out, uh, he's branching out from the Midwest. God knows what he's going to write about. I'd like to hear his California record, but it's something interesting. I bet you his New York record's good, or his, his Wisconsin his, yeah, his Wisconsin record. But, maybe. But, I don't but know. look what we're talking about. You know, I mean, like why why should he limit himself to that? Something serious might happen in his life. And I don't that think. He, can't avoid he's, he isn't he's not gonna hold to it because don't forget in between michigan and illinois comes seven swans which is like his christian record but he's prolific too yeah. i mean to speak about seven swans coming in considering between. think about how prolific he is and he does 74 minute very like long playing records that are dense that are full of like full to the gills of instrumentation and honestly I don't really respond to his songs that are like I'm not really it's like it's almost like a showman's thing it's like this big but I think bombastic... some people would I mean like oh, I don't yeah. know there's a kinetic energy to those songs that I know I, I can't hear them without that what people like and about the record a major part of it is is those long those kind of more bombastic songs and I think Sufjan Stevens is great at his 
slow paced songs, his slow acoustics. John Wayne Gacy comes on. I want that instead. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I want to play like the first track off this album. It's good. Yes. Very good. Song. Uh, and, and we'll just kind of lead into that and let people hear. Uh, uh, this is how we introduce the record and this is how we'll just introduce it for people. So we'll play a little sample of it. see why he will be on a lot of people's i mean it, it, it he's an interesting artist and he's he's really he's kind of bi-coastal when it comes to what genre he's in here yeah i was talking to people the, like him despite everything else the um the guy uh, jason from gotham cast uh mm-hmm. at the expo and he said we were looking for new kinds of music we just didn't know music and and he said this album illinois was like a new kind of music for him so i think people are really Thinking it's like I think new. we're just kind of, yeah, we've experienced his other record. We kind of know who he is. But some people to find Illinois first would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, how do they, you know, how do they see this guy? And a lot of people are. But, uh, you know, find the records. Don't go and see him live. I have some stories about live stuff. I didn't see him live because of your no, bad yeah. statements on him. I mean, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it later. You know, maybe we'll, we'll go see a Sufi <laughs> yeah. concert together. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to rush out there. Okay, so, uh, number two. <laughs> Jans Lechman. I want to talk about this bright-eyed, bushy-tailed Swedish guy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this guy's this guy's exciting to me. So I think uh, uh, I want to just say it here. I just want to say it here. This guy's gonna be big. This guy is gonna be big. Okay. Um, I I, I just he hasn't found an audience because he's just he's just kind of like you know doing his own records. He's prolific. He's done EPs. This is the guy I'm talking about who will kind of eliminate albums. Uh, this this. I wanted to pick this. This is the, one of the best albums of the year because it is a collection of his EPs from uh, late 03, 04, and 05. But it was released in 05 this year. It's okay. uh, Oh, You're So Silent, uh, Jan. So it's like this collection of his EPs. Um, this guy's... This guy's this guy's got a, this, I don't know. I mean, like we're talking about singer songwriters. Uh, uh, they they come out. There's so many guys that want to have some kind of hook. They really don't have anything. They don't have a look. They don't have a sound. They don't have any kind of. Uh, they're never gonna have any kind of protracted career. But this is a guy that just makes it work. Uh, uh, there's there's something really original about him. Uh, you mentioned uh, when you hear his voice, he has kind of that uh, Stephen Merritt of Magnetic Fields kind of drone. He's singing in that baritone. He's singing in that kind of wry, clever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and wry and clever really fit him. He's kind of this cherubic kind of guy. I don't know. I mean, he he's been really. He, He's really open about uh, you, you know, like letting his music be out there. He 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 creates his own EPs and he um, just sells them at his at his concerts. Like he makes a okay. hundred of them. 
All right, okay. and, and he doesn't really believe in making records. He he, he likes making the song, single songs. He puts all his focus on it, and you and these songs are just kind of unique and and multi layered pop songs. I mean, they're incredible. He has it's all like almost of like range. a mod thing. Sometimes when I hear him, he sounds like he's coming from Britain, and it's kind of like spy music. Or I don't I don't know what. Well, this this kind of uh, yeah, the world it's, it's of like Stuart, yeah. Stuart Murdoch and then uh, Morrissey. You know. Oh yeah yeah yeah. They have that kind of. They have that kind of. He's from the same world, uh, probably just because he's you know <laughs> European. But uh, mm-hmm. this is a track that someone turned me on. It was on a, you know one of my friends turned me on on a mix CD, and this is the, this is the one I want to play for a lot of people because I think it'll get them into the 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 world that this guy inhabits. He, his his lyrics are honest and and kind of um, embarrassingly honest. He, okay. he 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 throws in stuff from his his life and from and and he paints when he when he tells he, he's, he's he's really kind of a uh, really interesting storyteller with his with his uh, lyrics and this is kind of just a dark thing i don't they're, they're kind of they're simple they're well written but they're not uh they're not obvious you don't really know exactly why uh this guy would write a song about this thing this this track black cab that we're going to play uh it, it, it's a it's particularly about a black cab and the myth of these black cabs in Europe about just them taking you for a ride and never coming back uh but you start to think about why the songwriter would write a song like this and what kind of mood he's in and and he he wears his heart on the sleeve i mean and uh, let's just play a little song of him and people might really dig it so I think he's he's just a breath of fresh he's air. He's young, man. He's yeah. he's not even he's not even twenty three yet. He's a young guy. Yeah. So yeah, he's really so, he's really I, I really experienced a lot of his material uh, this year. Uh, he's making waves though. This year, he's coming he's coming around. Like people are really starting to I say said, that this I guy's arrived. And... I say it here. Hear me now, brother. This guy's gonna be big. I I, I'd like big to guy. have him here. And like I'd like to do some. Do you think we could score him. an interview with him? Do a Skype go. I, I he's he's just been very open. I mean, he's very approachable now. Uh, and he plays a lot of shows in L.A. Maybe we just, you know, do some kind of coverage. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I don't even have to do any kind of press for this guy because he's going to be big. He's going to okay. be big. So I can't wait to hear what number, number two, one is. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Well, number one, this is this is my my band. Uh, it, you, I, I'm glad that you found your band this year, uh, MH3. This is this has just been a band I've really really been on my radar for a while. And this is this is this, this kind of the sound I like. And that's uh, that's Wilco, man. I I really want to talk about this year they had 
a much uh, <laughs> a much uh, anticipated album for me. Uh, I I've really been following their kind of rise and fall, uh, and and just their different. They, Wilco is Wilco's a band that uh they change they change hands quite a bit uh yeah. except for jeff tweedy there's yeah. there's been a, a a constant kind of revolve of band members and and each band member um with their absence and with their inclusion uh have changed the band in in very strong and specific ways i like i i really like where they're going after their their uh 03 record uh yankee hotel foxtrot i mean that is a record that I don't know how many people uh, really found that. There was a whole controversy over the releases that you know, we were yeah. talking about that. Uh, but what they did in that, there there was a transition where Jay Bennett was someone they really collaborated with mm-hmm. uh, and during that era. And he, he, he added a lot of the sonic weight, a lot of what was coming into the... Um, the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot tracks. I mean, you could really see a different change in there. This is this is an album. This is a band that doesn't want to be a rock band. Doesn't want to be kind of pegged just as that or yeah. some kind of alt country band, which yeah. I really dig. Some of their uh, Woody Guthrie collaborations and all kinds of stuff like that. They have a really interesting sound. But this this gets into this kind of electronic sonic weight atmosphere that that Jay Bennett when he left he he removed that. Uh, that need for that in the band. I mean, Yankee, he, he, he provided that. He is really a talented musician. But in, on his left, Tweedy came in and, and, and kind of uh, took over the band again. He said, we need to change. We need to, we need to beef this up. We, okay. Yeah. Uh, and they, they got so many great players now. <laughs> I mean, with Ghost is Born, uh, Ghost is Born is their last, uh, that was 04. Uh, really incredible record, but, but only exists for me uh, only existed for me for as a record. Okay. Uh, uh, it, it, it's it kind of just sits there. When I first heard it, it, it didn't hit me over the head. The songwriting was there. The, the actual songs were there, but it was flat. It was cold. Um, it felt very okay. studio driven. And and yeah. it was only till I saw them live. I saw them live previous before they were doing Yankee Hotel Fox material. They were just the live act to see this 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 is a live band. This is this is someone you see live. These guys. Yes. I between yes. Go- I mean, they, they they really changed my view of how I, I process the new material on Ghost Is Born. So I was dying for them. I was just like, man, they got to make a live record here. They're just they're at their best lineup. They have yeah, Nels Klein. I agree. Car. I, I mean, yeah. they they, uh, he, they bring they're bringing all these interesting elements to it. I, I don't know where they're coming from. I mean, I, I, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is a band that should maybe just be like uh, Collective Soul or you know like they were right in there they were they were Soul Asylum uh, not quite not quite got the legs there's Golden Smog the, the revolving ones that they all kind of played mm-hmm. in at that time uh, uh they they've had differing successes Wilco has had kind of a success that uh, a great word of mouth on their live shows i mean not really a single not not really did the OC route you know i mean they've yeah they've they're been, not featured on tv they're or around yeah. people really i'm like people really don't know them but people know them i mean people, people know, know them though i hear wilco consistently not, yeah not like people don't know them but people uh just in main you know like in the main kind of yeah. mainframe right now i mean and that, that's what's cool that's where they exist I, they they they're making this uh, they're making this music on this uh, kind of cover you know for me they're and I don't know if you want me to give my two cents here, but we oh, saw that we saw them at the Greek Theater um, this year, and the best thing about Wilco for me is they are a model of how to make it work, how to make yourself as a lifelong artist, like how to how to you parlay your workmanlike. They're kind of workmanlike, not in, and I don't mean that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like they they write songs, they're very craftsman oriented. 
and how to make just that imaginative, you know? Yeah, how to make that become? Uh, it's almost like he brought his wife on. St- didn't he bring? Oh, he went into. St- he, he was playing. He brought, he's brought his young uh, his young daughter in. His, yeah, and his boy was there and during a, one of the new tracks on on Hummingbird, is which was. Let me tell you, that was like in that moment you could see Tweety. His life was kind of his life just seemed very much full circle, and I see that in their live act. Like Wilco mm-hmm. is an extension of his life it's it's almost like his family in a way it feels like this kind of like like you've got this man's life work kind of life statement like what he's it's it's all kind of it's it's hard to describe and i'm not articulating very well but i hadn't seen a band like that that had had uh, that had it just looked like they were had arrived in their life and they were happy with he he was making a living and it, it's what music. I what he, I envy. It's very what I humble want. About that. Yes, it's what I want to make work that's very earnest and good and consistent and and rocks occasionally very yeah, very much. <laughs> and, well, uh, kicking television, uh, kicking television live in Chicago is the name of the double disc. Um, uh, kicking television, the song. I mean, they, these guys still rock. They're like young guys, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they're also not that you know that that stigma. That mm-hmm. we got with like maybe Aerosmith or you know what I mean these guys that like who are these skeletons up there you know like mm-hmm. what what are they doing in the young man's game Wilco's not quite trying to pursue that it, because his because his message because his, uh, Tweety's um, life is in the music and 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 that he's sharing that is just a there's a direct beacon to uh, the audience I mean mm-hmm. he, it's honesty and that's what I want from music that's what Earnestness. I'm craving earnestness uh integrity i mean like the, yeah the these guys of need to uh, tweety i mean the, the the band members that i mean these guys really have a good time when you see them live and you can hear it in these these recordings i don't even want to name just a single track yeah can't even play um on here just because they're just well enough known but uh yeah. these uh, he's there i mean tweety is there with you i mean he's there definitely one of the bands of the decade and we'll have to if we ever, if we're doing this show in 2010, we'll have to go over the bands of the decade, and I think they're in the running. But uh, this is this is a great. I mean, this is a CD that documents a band at the prime of their form. But you know, they still have some years. I mean, God yeah. knows what they're going to be yeah. doing. I really like them right now, and this is the lineup where they're just the best. And mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's, I mean, it's amazing to experience that in this year. There's a mm-hmm. band that's actually these guys are at the peak form, mm-hmm. and that's really all you can say about Wilco. I mean, Wilco's my favorite band right now. Well, we're gonna play. Uh, what are we gonna? What, what track were we gonna play well, to cool. to close out? I'm not sure. I don't know. We we got a lot yeah, here. It doesn't matter. We'll just play some. We'll play a track for some people, and then we'll come back and we'll give our final thoughts. So uh, thank you for sharing with us on our uh, 2005 best of. I hope you liked it. Albums. We love you. Or go away And I looked in her eyes and left her Some people try To tell me why I made up my mind and left her
That was the best albums of 2005. It's very difficult for me to remember it that it's 2006. 2006 like seems like such a, an unmonumental year. And I haven't really thought about it very much. I haven't written down any goals. Uh, I haven't really thought about resolutions. I'm just sort of keeping up the pace. The killing pace. So I I want to just really wrap this up. I hope you agreed with some of what we said and you enjoyed some of the music in this series. And I'm sorry about all the wait between episodes because uh, I just can't stand that I can't get these out for you. But, you know, life intervenes and there's a lot going on. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we won't. You know, I can only be so personal on these things. So um, I'm going to to leave but before that I want to give out some thanks um, as always thank you to Cranky Records I do believe yes we did play Dead Texan and um, I just uh, thank you for that Cranky you guys are the best and you're also one of my most favorite record labels and I'm not just saying that you know I approached you for a reason uh, I'd like to thank all the artists that were featured and permissions that were granted uh, I, of course, hope you all had a good Christmas, as I mentioned before, and uh, I'm thinking about all of you, and I hope that this little message on this little podcast, on this little radio show that you download on this little internet corner, uh, sees you well. Yeah. We can be reached at the web at hearmenowbrother.blogspot.com, and you can email us at hearmenowbrother at yahoo.com. We are also on MySpace, if you want to be digital friends with me and Nate. Uh, that's www.myspace.com slash hearmenowbrother. Um, I've got one friend who I think is a listener. He happens to be a 16-year-old Republican in Washington. So, if that's any indication of our demographic, I'd say, you know, we're hitting the marks. We really have the coveted 13- to 18-year-old to Republican set covered. The next episode is going to be about movies, and we're going to discuss the best movies of 2005. 
And there's a lot of things going on that I do not want to verbalize right now with all of the work we're doing. Uh, The film, this podcast, all of it. There's just so much going on, and it's part of the reason these don't come out so often. So I'm going to let you go. Please bring up the music. Enjoy the weekend, the week, the day, the afternoon. Enjoy taking a nap. Whatever. Good night. This is the end. This is, you want me to record the end too? I just record the beginning here. Uh, the end. This has been, uh, a production of the, what, what is it? Lol? Lol Skull. I see you guys have lightened up in your old age. Lol Skull Limited. And this is 2006. Keep on forgetting that on the checks. Uh, 2006, and, uh, and, and I, uh, you know, what a, I hope you liked it. I, I, I hope it was good. Thanks. That it? That good?